Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing today? This is Sonny Graham. I'm here today, your fairy king. And uh, I'm just going to start off my new podcast with you guys. If you followed me on Pair Together, I appreciate you. This is a new format for me since I am newly single. I've been divorced for about four months. Uh, We didn't say much about what happened at the end of Paired Together, and we just kind of ended it. So I actually used to really appreciate the format and the content of uh, understanding relationships. And even as a single person, I still need to understand relationships. So I'm going to keep the keep the podcast going in a new format. What I'm doing right now is... Uh, we're going to do stories. I'm going to do a little bit of storytelling, a little bit of poetry writing, and that sort of thing. Uh, it's all about relationships, but it's not going to be from a couple's perspective. It's going to be from my individual perspective, and it's just going to be all about that. So I hope that uh, some people can really appreciate the new journey that I'm taking and uh, join me. Okay. All right. So, you know, when I came out to my son, um, because I was outed at one point in my life, uh, I came out to my son and and my daughter and I told them about, you know, my sexuality and, you know, that things about my preferences and stuff. And one of the things that my son said to me, he said, he said, Dad, you know, there's no stories that involve a prince and a prince. Those stories don't exist. And um, everything that they say about being gay is never good. So I remembered that and it stuck with me and it always stuck in my head, you know. So one of the things that I always wanted to do was tell stories, uh, stories about black gay love and, and, and that they, they were good stories. One of the stories I'm going to share with you today, um, I'm going to share with you the good parts of the story. Uh, you know, the story didn't have a happy ending, but I think there were good moments in the story. And uh, I'll just uh, I'll just share parts of that. So the story starts off, you know, uh, I was in California getting ready to come back to to Washington, D.C. to either reconcile or, or end my relationship. Uh, this story is about my own kind of, uh, I like to use this buzzword because everybody's talking about it right now, but my own little sort of entanglement, but it didn't end out the same way that Will and Jada did. So about two weeks before I moved, uh, I made this like prayer that I would, you know, ask God to find me uh, my spiritual mate, you know, and someone that would be good to me and treat me right and all of that. So it just seemed kind of ironic that that same night uh, when I was in home searching through Facebook, uh, flipping through my friends list. I came across this profile of a very handsome guy, you know, wearing a yellow suit and trench coat. And he was absolutely beautiful to me. 
you know. Uh, looking at his profile, I see that he lived in California. I was actually thinking about going up to Santa Barbara. He lived in Calexico, California. So I, you know, started, you know, reading through his page. He mentioned the loss of somebody special to him. And uh, he was telling, you know, telling about how he wishes he could have somebody to hold him right now. That sort of thing. So I hadn't really been exploring relationships, um, you know, the time when I was separated in Cali. But this guy seemed to be like so beautiful and so special. So I figured I would shoot my shot. Uh, I was, you know. I just text him in his DMs and I said, uh, I said, uh, good evening, sir. I saw your profile. I like what I saw. I would really like to meet you. He responded to me. Hi. And why is that? I said, because I don't know what you like or not, but I just think you're very handsome. And I would really like to meet you. I'm, I'm getting ready to leave town soon and uh, it would be nice to see you before I could go. And uh, I don't want to. I don't want to offend you, but I find you very attractive. So he said to me, he said, FaceTime me and say that to my face. And uh, I was like, whoa, what's going on? This is a lot. You know what I mean? So I was a little nervous when I made the call. And he answered me on the FaceTime video. And uh I looked at him, he looked at me, and I had this big smile, you know, and uh, he smiled back. And he said to me, he said, this is very romantic, you know. You know, I see your profile, too, and you're very handsome. And I said, you are, too. And uh, I didn't know what was going to happen next, but... I really wanted to meet you. He said to me, wow, this is like a fairy tale. And then he smiled, you know. I, I felt in his smile, you know, the, the smile in his eyes, you know, I felt like I was looking right into this man's soul. You know, he was just like the most beautiful man I had ever spoken to. Uh, so we started to talk about many things that night. You know, we, we talked about his dreams of becoming uh, president of a HBCU, some of the, his accomplishments, um, you know, being the teacher, head of an English department and working at a university, you know, uh, you know, we, we shared about my aspirations to get my master's in social work and that I was working on becoming a life coach. Uh, we talked about families, you know, my kids. We talked about his beautiful twin boys and and how he lost his mom the, uh, of his children. And so, you know, I was sharing my experiences as a single parent and we, we stayed on the phone all night long. And I was really just enchanted by this um, this man with his southern accent, you know, and his deep voice, you know, it just kind of kind of worked for me. So, you know, that was the beginning of uh, of, of, of the story, you know, um, and, uh, we, you know, following that you know, we, we, we had um, 
we had several days where we, we had wonderful conversations and more so like just a lot of fun. You know, we, he would FaceTime me at night and I would play music or he would play music and um, he would send me uh, songs that, you know, he felt were our love songs and and we would um, we would dance together. And he was just very candid, just as, just as like a Southern gentleman. You know, I found out later that he wasn't actually in California, that he lived in Memphis. And uh, so we we actually were talking about that. He only goes to California just to visit his uh, his young boys. And uh, most of the time he stays in Memphis. And so, you know, we FaceTimed each other. We talked about meeting. Uh, I talked to him about meeting. He wasn't really ready to meet yet. So we didn't meet at that time. You know, Um, we just talked and FaceTimed each other. When I when I arrived back to D.C., you know, we had um, we were basically starting a, a good friendship, you know. He would he would FaceTime me every night, and it was as if we had a relationship, you know. Um, he would call me his boyfriend, and we would talk about different things, and he would send me love songs, and we'd dance, and we'd laugh together, and it was really special to me, you know. Um, I, was, I was invested in him without actually having, you know, met him in person, and and so when I actually went to meet him in person, I was even more invested in him. You know, he just he just had that mojo. You know, I was very um, I was very hypnotized by him. You know, I was entranced. I was I was really feeling this guy. I thought he was my soulmate, you know. And I remember the the first day I saw him, I actually saw him at an event. I saw him at a high school event where he was hosting a. He was hosting a cheerleading competition and and I waited for him that night and then he came back to my room and he had wine and, and he and when I was standing up, you know, looking out the window, he put his he put his hands around me and he was like, Baby, let's go drink some wine together. And and it just it oh my God, like this man, you know, this man was so beautiful and he just really did it for me, you know. He really, really did it for me. Um so to make a long story short, when, when I decided to to come to Memphis to live, it was too soon for him. You know, it really spooked this man. He was not into that. He, he was fine for a distance relationship and getting to know each other. He was not he was not ready for number one, a relationship. He didn't want a relationship. And then um, he you know, he he didn't want me to live near him. You know, he liked that. He liked what we had when it was distant. And he just really didn't feel like, you know, it was a responsible decision for me. He just really didn't consider how I felt about that, you know. And um, and so, you know, he kind of broke it off with me, but he would still come around, you know. And um, and, you know, it ended. It didn't end well. You know, it didn't end well. I, I won't I won't say how it ended, you know. I'll just tell you, you know, that um, I, I'll tell you instead what I think would have been a perfect day together with him. You know, uh, you know, we would have uh, woke up together in the morning and, you know, walked our dogs together and um, came back home and I would have made him a nice breakfast and we took a shower together, you know, and uh, and. We would have spent the whole day together, 
and probably went to a museum because, you know, he likes to learn things and I like it too. So then when we come back home, you know, we would uh, spend time after dinner just uh, dancing with each other and, you know, um, probably do something playful like, you know, have like some water guns, maybe have a water gun fight in the backyard or something, you know, fall the flowers around and just and just make love, you know, and um, and uh, and I think that uh, being that he's just like a homebody type of guy, it would have just been nice to just lay there with him and just be with him man, and, and wake up. You know, one night we spent a night together and, and it was a perfect night. He came over. He gave me a friendship ring. He told me he loved me. He held me all night. You know, uh, it wasn't even all about sex with him. You know, it really wasn't. It was just I liked him on a deeper level. And that is beautiful. You know, um, so I'll just say this. Sometimes you can love somebody with everything in you and it doesn't end up being what you thought it would be. And uh, for what it's worth, I love that man. But uh, life goes on, you know. So that is my first fairy tale that I choose to tell you guys. Um, appreciate you guys for listening to me and my storytelling. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about something me and my friend, uh, my good, good friend uh, Paris talked about the other day. Uh, it was about emotional intelligence. OK, so so you, I don't know if everybody knows what emotional intelligence is. Uh, I, I had to look it up myself. But, you know, according to Wiki, it's like. The capability of, of people to recognize their own emotions and those of others and to discern between, you know, different feelings and label them and and, uh, you know, make the appropriate use of emotions and information to guide your judgment and your thinking um, and, uh, and, and and kind of navigate your environment. So. Um, I was also looking at this uh, this YouTube video, and I'll put it inside. I'll put the the link to the video um, inside of uh, the podcast, so you guys can follow it if you're interested. Um, it was just it was just like basically saying like four things that you know emotionally intelligent people don't do, and so I think this was part of my takeaway. Uh, was different things um, from this relationship. I, I think I learned different things, and and some of the things that um, that I was learning um, kind of were related to this 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 relationship. But you know, um, you know, emotionally intelligent people don't criticize others. You know, um, a lot of times when we criticize other people, we're looking at our own insecurities, and we want to make ourselves feel good about them. So that was something that I found interesting about this post, you know, saying that. And um, another thing that emotionally intelligent people do um, is not worry about the future. You know, we know we don't have control over everything. So we just let it play out and we just do what we can do. 
and we don't we don't dwell on the past. You know, we in today. Today is where we're at and we're going to move forward with today. And, you know, I think that's how I I make it so much. You know, I've been through a lot, man. But I'm going to tell you, just not focusing on what already happened and just moving forward and trying to build your own story and and, and move, move the best way that you can. You know, that's how you get through shit. You know, you don't get through it being stuck in it because when you're stuck in it, you just stuck. You know, you don't want to be stuck on anything. You want to move past it. And um, and then the last thing is maintaining unrealistic expectations. You know, sometimes we hold on to things, you know, um, because of maybe because of you know, what we want out of it, maybe because of different things. But but, you know, just sometimes you got to let go of things and and accept what is what is isn't what you want it to be. It's not what what you expect it to be tomorrow. It's just what you it's just what it is. So it's no reason to hold on to what you believe something can be uh, when it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I, that's that's my takeoffs from uh, from that situation, you know, and um, and I, I just want to leave you. I want to leave you with this poem that I wrote. Um, I don't know if this is one of my happier poems. Maybe I shouldn't actually read this today, but oh well, you know, it's my story. I'll write it. I'll tell it the way I want to. I'm going to this poem is called You Left a Mark. You Left a Mark. I'll never get to know that perfect day. You blocked me out, leaving me out forever, and all I wanted to do was stay. At one point, you were the sunshine in my day. Now my heart is broken, shattered. I will never come home for Christmas with you or sit out and count the stars. I won't play the victim, though, because I know I had my part. But the thing that's different about us is that you'll always have my heart. I would have always forgiven you. Life as sweet as when I tasted your lips. I'll try my best to not remember how you made me feel. I just keep praying to God for the strength to become healed. No more sunshine, just living in my own spark. But in my soul, you left a mark. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to me. And uh, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.